and welcome to Differing Neurotypes, the show that details the ways one neurodivergent person tries to make their life a little easier in a neurotypical world, while not harming their brain or their soul. I'm your host, Claire McDonough, and today we're going to talk about effectively using a planner. We'll discuss the ins and outs of using a planner to keep track of deadlines, appointments, projects, and other things you want to do. So, the first thing to know when choosing a planner is there's a lot of different functions, and what you want for them will depend on how you personally like to use a planner. Personally, I prefer a paper planner versus a computerized planner because I feel like personally writing down things and checking them off is super satisfying. That being said, there are various functions on either that can be very helpful to particular people. Some of these include daily planners, weekly planners, a monthly spread, goal sheets, uh, class schedules for students, contact sheets, three-month spreads, and notes pages. So personally, I'm not a huge fan of daily planners because it's too detailed. I already have a set routine that I use every day, and so by using a daily planner, it's writing out things that I don't feel the need to. I personally like to use weekly spreads and monthly spreads to detail what I'm going to be doing over the week and the month. Um, I love the thought of goal sheets, but goal sheets don't tend to be very effective for me. If I plan a goal, I seem to be less likely to do it if I plan a goal in the neurotypical way to plan goals. Contact sheets also are not useful for me because I keep all of my contacts on my phone, but I can totally see how they would be super helpful for someone who wants to have a hard copy. Three-month spreads are useful for me because I can see important dates in my planner that are coming up within those three months, such as school holidays is really what I use mine for, um, or vacations. I also use a class schedule sheet because I like to see I have live lessons for my school and I only have one a week, so I like for each class. So I have to be able to see when those are and make sure I can plan everything around them, but they don't change, so I don't want to put it necessarily timed out on my week. So personally, I use weekly spreads um, to detail out my assignments and my to-do list for the day if I have extra things I need to do. And then I use monthly spreads to detail events, holidays, things that are out of the ordinary, but I need to be aware of. Now, to implement the tools you want to use, you need to get a planner with the specific features you want. Now, to do that, it's sometimes hard to find a commercially sold planner that has the exact things you want without extra. I found some customizable ones online, but they're on the expensive side. So what I personally did is I found teacher and student planner PDFs, and I sort of cut and pasted different items to get the planner I liked. Now, this took a lot of time, so if time is more expensive than money for you, then you spending that extra money to get a personalized planner might be worth it. For me, it just made more sense to do a cut and paste. All 
Alright, the next important thing about using a planner, how you personally organize it. How you put pages in will be up to you, whether you're personalizing it via a commercial customizer or you are creating your own from PDFs. I personally keep mine in a one-inch binder and so that I can add extra things if I need to, but it's all contained and I won't lose pages. Now, you can group your pages by the type, the time period, or if there's a different method of grouping them that makes sense to you, go ahead and do that. So, I personally group mine somewhat by time period, so I will group my monthly spread and then I'll have the four weeks or the five weeks monthly or weekly spreads after that. And so this allows me to have my overview. I do have a goal sheet set up in my current one, but I'm not really a fan of using the goal sheet. And I have decided that I don't, it's not very useful for me. Once you've decided how you're going to put your planner together, whether it's in a binder, maybe if you really want to hand stitch the backing, or you're buying a pre-made one, you next need to make sections in how it will be organized. For me, I have rows across, and so my sections are vertical, but how it's sectioned off would depend upon the type of planner pages you're using. Now, things that would be be in their own sections might include different school classes you're taking, uh, different chores around different parts of the house, bathroom chores and kitchen chores and organizing the living room separated out, or the type of item that it is, such as chores, schoolwork, work deadlines, etc. Now, Color coding is a fun option, but it can be harder to keep up. If you think you're already going to struggle with keeping up doing using a planner, that may not be the most effective choice for you. However, I personally like it because it brings my attention to certain things. Like if, an I, if I have an assignment that has to be done that day, I can make that a different color than other things, or I can make something that's late a different color so that it stands out, and I remember to make sure to keep that as a priority. Now, you do need, you want to keep the tools such as colors that you're using, if you want to use tape, whatever tools you're using, a pen to write in your planner with, you want to keep that with your planner. That needs to be stored somewhere where it will be used. So, using a pencil pouch to keep the specific items, um, if they're stored in a container of some sort, putting the tools in the same container as the planner. And the third item that we're going to talk about is keeping up the habit of using your planner. This is definitely the thing that I struggle with the most. And we'll cover this more in the next podcast episode, which will be all about building routines, but keeping up the habit. You, ha 
a planner is only effective if you keep up what you're doing. You need a consistent system in your planner and you need to use it. And really the best way I've found to do this is have other people help hold you accountable. You aren't necessarily going to be able to do this alone and that's okay. Whether it's having a friend remind you that you need to be putting things in your planner, whether it's a parent if you're a student, whether if you're the parent listening to this, giving gentle reminders to your student, don't be rude about it, but like do try and help. Um, yeah, sometimes it will take help and that's okay. This is something you have to realize that it's okay to ask for help and it's okay to need help to do things. It doesn't make you weaker or less than. Um, but I personally have built using my planner into my daily routine and we'll talk more about that next episode, but yeah, uh, it helps make sure that I end up using it while not becoming too much of a chore and making it, like, so that my brain rejects the idea of doing it. But yeah. Today we've talked about how to best use your planner, including the different types of spreads, contact sheets, goal sheets, monthly, weekly, daily, and even three-month spreads, keeping up the habit, making sure that once you've gotten your planner set up that you're using it, that you're actually taking advantage of the tool that you've built for yourself, and then organizing it how you want your personal planner to exist. Using a planner is a great way to keep ahead of your forgetfulness. Reminder that these are only the ways I use my planner, but hopefully they can help you too. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Differing Neurotypes, titled Effective Planner Use.